Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly gaming podcast by gamers and for gamers. Retro games, news, reviews, and generally bad opinions brought to you by your hosts, Caden, Austin, and Kat. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. This is episode 105. I'm your host, Kat, and with me as always are Caden and Austin. So. Hello. Howdy. So before we get into things, I'd have to pimp a podcast. So this week I picked Simply Stogies. Uh, On Simply Stogies, the last episode, which I believe was released on the 15th, uh, James discussed the PCA canceling the 2020 trade show and reviewed the Cigar Scanner app and the Cigar Scanner Wi-Fi hygrometer and thermometer. Whatever. Potato, tomato, same thing, thanks. And the next episode that's releasing on June 1st will have Andy Yaffe. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's the national sales manager for McAuliffe Cigars. So go give it a listen. James has a very soothing voice. I'm not going to lie. If he changed his last name to Andy Taffy, I think that'd be a pretty sweet name. He'd be made fun you of would. so much. Really? You know, he's this guy's flexible. He's on the job. He's sweet as pumpkin pie. That's that's you know that's that's taffy. It's good stuff. Just he saying. doesn't listen to this. He might. So, anyways, how are you guys does. doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing pretty fantastic. Had some okay. had some smoked smoked ribs tonight. They were mm. absolutely delicious. That's and the only thing huge... I'm jealous of is you guys have ribs. Yeah, we had a huge thunderstorm come in, and that was also fun. It's been a good day today. You monster. And uh, on our Discord, Kat and I uh, last night hosted a little Jackbox party session. Brought a couple of my friends, had Kat and Jason from Satis uh, over there playing, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of jokes were made, a lot of laughter, and it worked really well. I was actually kind of surprised at how well the Discord streaming servers worked. It was very little delay, if at all. Yeah, no, it was really, really good. Actually, side note, before we actually get into things, because I almost forgot again. We have to shout out Shiner and Star-Lord. Yes. Yeah, so we forgot to do that last week. Uh, Shiner and Star-Lord, thank you very much for suggesting that we play The Forest. It was fun. We all really enjoyed it. Yes. And thank you. Please forgive us for our incondolences. Yes. <laughs> forgive us. In condolences. I don't know. I am not good with words today. I'm pretty terrible. Forgive us with our painstakingly forgetfulness. That's all, folks. <laughs> we forgot. Sorry. Yeah. They are shortened it for you. Uh... So what have you guys been playing this week? Uh, so I've been playing Skyrim, obviously. Uh, getting back into that and modding it and remembering how to 
actually mod the game since they changed from Nexus Mod Manager to Vortex as the mod manager. Uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Stardew with you, Cat, as well as Jackbox that we did the other night. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've also been playing Stardew a lot recently, sometimes with you. <laughs> um, Stardew is starting to remind me of that other article previously. This is how you start to become human beings. Learn how to do cash. That's that's why we started playing. Oh, my God. You guys are like, I have to learn how to be human. How do I go to the grocery store again? Yes, you give the register lady. No, we're like, putting our friendship to the test. Oh, your friendship to See, the test. See if it survives Stardew. Because, you know, if your friendship survives in Stardew, it survives for real. So, right. So, and my, my personal goal was because I'm secretly an alien with human skin, I was trying to learn what humans did. And this seemed, according to the Guardian article, seemed to be how humans actually express themselves in relationships and handle things like balancing paychecks and well Caden were you sharing. under the impression that this was a relationship in Stardew Ooh, the beginning of a, a new relationship. friendly relationship just making sure friend. friends yeah. just making sure <laughs> oh guys you cracked me up Austin what have you been playing oh well uh, besides the Pretty awesome, you know, game we've been reviewing Skyrim, including a few fun mods. <laughs> uh, I've also been playing some old classic games, Star Wars Battlefront 2, you know, the uh, like, the, yeah, the original. I'm like going back and I'm like, going back in time. I've also played uh, Prince of Sand. Uh, Prince of Sand? No, hold on. Sand of the Prince. You're talking about Prince. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time? No, it was a different one. It's uh, It's kind of like one of those very ancient, like, two-bit games that they had back then. Oh, God, my dad had an Atari, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick up some of these games and just go for it. And I'm like, my God, I beat this. <laughs> yeah. Or, dear God, I beat my dad's high score. So that's been kind of fun telling my dad, hey, ha-ha-ha, remember that game you, you were the king at when I was five years old? I wrecked you, old man. I wrecked you. Pretty fun. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, revenge is always sweetest when you come back with a higher score. So yeah, that's been pretty much my, my entire week. Oh, cool. Also, speaking of old games, uh, Kat, I think you found something kind of interesting regarding an a, Atari classic. Helpful you bet I did. <laughs> so for the 40-year anniversary, uh, Pac-Man was recreated with AI. So... Uh, yeah, it's been basically reborn with uh, AI. They've trained it on 50,000 episodes of the game. Uh, it was created by NVIDIA. In NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Then why isn't there an AI in the front? I well, think it's, it's just, you know, some company. NVIDIA. Like, yeah, it's just you pronounce the N. Like, you know, phonetics. hot dogs, but Spell with a Z. Spell it phonetically. <laughs> Anyways, NVIDIA research, and it's called the NVIDIA Game Gan. Did I pronounce that one right? Uh, I'm assuming so. I hope so. Because it stands for Generative uh, Adversarial Networks. Acronym, yeah. So, G. It's a G and A and an N. So, GAN. Give me a G. Give we me sounded it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to call it GG because that's easier. Okay. So anyways, this Gigi can generate a fully functional version of Pac-Man without any underlying game engine. 
which I'm yeah. not quite sure what that means. Caden, you want to explain that to me? <laughs> you assume I know what that means. Um, I do. So, from my from my knowledge, all games are going to run a particular engine. Um, Unreal is one of them. Uh, Void Engine, I know d- the Dishonored games use. Uh, I want Bethesda has their own engine that their games run on. They they all run on a you know a, a particular engine. I don't quite remember the top of my head what a you know, what an engine actually is in terms of the programming, but it's what the game actually runs on. And so this is able to completely recreate it without any of these exi- without any existing engine. It looks like without any existing uh, software or program. So what what are the applications for this? Like future wise, like for you know Nvidia, like could this mean that you know? further down the line 20 30 years from now like they can just be like so you know ai can you can you create me a first person shooter based off a of western oh and and add some sort of science like you know uh aspect to it i'd really like that w- would it go for that listen well, so skippy i was getting there <laughs> so <sighs> this is the first neural network model that mimics a computer game engine by harnessing generative adversarial networks or GANs, which is the second G in GG. Made up of two competing neural networks, a generator and a discriminator, the GAN-based model learns to create new content that's convincing enough to pass for the original. So it does look like, uh, here's a quote that I found. This research presents exciting possibilities to help game developers accelerate the creative process of developing new level layouts, characters, and even games. So yes, it does look like it's something for the future. Yeah, because it, it looks like one of their you know original goals is just to see if an AI could learn the rules of an environment just by simply looking at a screenplay of you know a particular agent or a particular character moving through the game. And yeah. it did it in flying colors. I mean, it's just, it's kind of like an intense, like, idea. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is something that could potentially launch into, like, you know, a new industry. You know, like VR. Like, how when it came back again, everyone was like, oh, my God. They really, like, you know, put all the stops to this, you know. And if, if they do something like this, this could really, in my opinion, be some type of game changer. That could be well, huge. So the, well, the AI industry has already kind of hit a, a rising arc in terms of its popularity and yeah. kind of in the technological you know progress of ai um in fact i remember seeing one article i want to say a year or so ago where it was rumored that walmart may actually be looking into uh using ai to replace some of their unskilled labor jobs oh. so people to mop the floors or to you know stock the shelves things that you don't need an actual human to do things that are very basic that you know, a robot could do yeah like a love doll oh <laughs> my god yes Jesus. like a love doll yes i, I guess um, that would be makes a lot of sense so oh they make I them mean... i'm certain <laughs> <laughs> do you have one in your closet cat no no that was a very hesitant that was a very no. convincing no yeah so hesitant. <laughs> As Sherlock Holmes have said, you're busted. You're guilty, son. You don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> Except yeah, for so. the skeleton in your closet. It's yeah, not so a skeleton. Recommend... It's not a skeleton. It's a love doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking the rest of this article out because it's 
it it definitely goes more in depth than we could possibly do. And possibly researching more on it. I think I'm definitely gonna start kind of looking into what the actual network is composed of and all of that. Cat reads mails. at a third grade level, so it was hard for her to even get out what she did. <laughs> it's okay. But Cat did a really is, good job, actually. You, yeah, you did pretty good. Like, I mean, I probably fourth wouldn't grade have been able level, to pronounce that either. Say what? Yes, fourth grade level. Fourth grade level? Okay. Yeah. Telling Logan she'll be proud. Hooray. Man, <laughs> uh, yeah, on, on to more, you know, more, even more tech-related stuff. So here's some more COVID news for you guys. There's Yay. a fake, there's a phishing campaign going around that's giving everyone fake COVID-19 stats. This is uh, typically through email in the form of an Excel document. Uh, security researchers at Microsoft have seen a steady increase in these. They're, and these attachments, these Excel documents, actually create contain malicious macros. So what will happen is you'll open it, you'll open the email. It's you know supposedly from the John Hopkins Center, or you know bearing the you know CDC logo, um, uh, CDC. and then you'll say it's you know the WHO COVID nineteen situation report. Once these files are open, you go through the standard security warning saying, hey, you're opening a file that you got from a third-party source, and it'll show a graph of the supposed coronavirus cases in the U.S. If you allow this to run, so if you actually open the file, then the Excel document runs a malicious macro that downloads and runs what's called Net Support Manager RAT, or R-A-T. And that R-A-T is very important because that actually stands for remote um, remote access Trojan. And if you don't Trojan. know about remote... Yes. It, it, Get it, your it, head out of the of, gutter. Yeah, it's, it's a type of malicious software. I was thinking so, of the Trojan War. That's that's all. When someone says Trojan, you're like, that, yeah. it's actually It's actually similar to that. I mean, mm -hmm. a Trojan is something that is disguised as one thing and is actually something very malicious. So it's similar to the Trojan horse. Bam. Odysseus. Yeah, um, boy. And what these, yeah, what these remote access Trojans do is they actually give someone, you know, as they say, remote access to your computer. They can access your computer or access resources on your computer without having to actually be there physically. Um, I'm not sure what, which types of rat software this is using, or what sort of, uh, what's which, what sort of rat this is using, but it is definitely very serious. This can cause a lot of a lot of issues. So, like, let me ask this in this perspective: this uh, this specific phishing, right? Uh, comparing to any of the well-known Trojans, on a scale of like one to ten, comparatively, would you say that this is pretty high up there? Like, in regards to like the accessibility of it, you know, the fact that we're, you know during this pandemic, is that what? What like? What's your opinion on that, Caden? So, phishing scams typically come up during times like these when there's a big, you know, national uh, pandemic or uh, national issue going on. You know, phishing scams will come up, and their their goal is to prey on people who either don't know any better or are so panicked and flustered by what's going on that they're willing to overlook. You know, they're, you know, they're security principles. You don't open, you don't, you know, you don't open emails from people you're not expecting it from or reputable companies. Uh, you don't, you definitely don't click on links unless they're definitely from the company, you know, a, a, a link that from an 
email that you're expecting. You know, so like if you're making a new account and someone's sending you a verification code so they know that that email is actually at working and active, you know, something like that. Um, and so rats like these, what they're able to, you know, what they're actually capable of. So they can, you know, monitor the user's behavior through key loggers and other spyware. Um, they can access, they can access information on your, on your um, computer in some cases, they can access your webcam and you know, take pictures or record video. Uh, again, that's kind of user-based, and there are some things that can actually keep that from happening. They can take screenshots of your computer. They can actually you know, help distribute even more you know, malicious software on your computer. It's really bad. Yeah, and that's so, how you get memes. That's when people are like, you know, you have those embarrassing photos like at, at Drunk Night at Kathy's, and it's like, oh my God, how'd that become a meme? I could totally yeah. see that being the devil. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't think the hackers are interested in your drunk escapades. No. Hey, man, you'd be surprised how much memes can make a lot of money. They make money. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that, that the hackers are interested in it. Right. They're... They're 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 interested in either getting something you know usually monetary value, uh, for instance ransomware, uh, particularly focuses on that, or they're interested in merely causing chaos, and you know, destroying whatever's on your oh, PC. Oh, so like bored. black hat hackers, right? Yes. So. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. I'm like, dude, they could make the best means out of those embarrassing pictures. So there's also a similar trickbot campaign. Which uses uh, phishing emails to. It, it, this was more during the when the um, in America at least when they were sending coronavirus um, relief checks to everyone. Uh, they, they you'd get an email that offered a personal coronavirus check, and again you'd open a malicious Excel attachment, and then congratulations you got malicious software in your computer. And there have been others out there um, that have you know done something similar to where they are malicious software masquerading themselves as COVID nineteen information, including one that made your PC unbootable by overwriting your master boot record, no. which is required for your PC to actually boot. So, I mean, bottom line is I could go on and on about that, the fact that this is an issue and this is messed up beyond belief and should never ever be done. But to prevent this, it's really easy. Don't open emails that you're not expecting or that aren't from people that you're close to. And even then, if you're not expecting them to send you an email, don't open it, especially if you've recently fallen victim to these sorts of things. Don't open any attachments that are to emails, again, unless you're expecting them. If you're not expecting them, just don't open them at all. Uh, and if you, if you're really, if, 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 you know, if you're savvy and you want a you know, way to kind of test this, Make a you know open up a virtual machine. Uh, I use VMware personally, but you can use VirtualBox, and I'm sure there are a few others that I can't quite think of right now. And open them up in there. A virtual machine is completely separated from your computer. There's no way that anything opened up in there can access your actual physical desk, uh, your actual physical system. And so that'll help kind of give you a way to kind of play around with these if you so choose. But for the people who aren't tech savvy or aren't interested in this, just don't open emails you don't expect. Sean Hopkins is going to be sending your your personal email coronavirus statistics. So just don't bother. Look it up on Google. This has been Internet Safety Corner with Caden.
<laughs> and the more you know. Sorry, I know that was long. It's okay. We we appreciate the information, and for all the you know people who are listening, you never know. Some people who are just like, I've never heard of we. Yeah, it's okay, buddy. Are you trying to you. tell me that I'm not really a millionaire, and I don't I'm have sorry. relatives halfway across the world that are waiting to send me my money? I'm sorry. The Prince of Africa is no longer available for questions. <laughs> God, that's such an old scam. What was it? The Prince of Nairobi? Oh, God. Are you talking about the Nigerian prince? Yes, the Nigerian prince. Oh, yeah, that, man, that thing. It, it, just, it falls on the logic that there are people who either don't know any better or are so desperate for something like a miracle to fall into their lap that they're willing to believe anything. Uh, yeah, so that is true. I'm not a millionaire. No, no you're, you're not, you're a, not millionaire. a millionaire. And I'm not the king of Sweden. Unfortunately, cat. just, yeah. This is really just, upsetting. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get you through this with the next bit of news that I get to read. Yes. Yes. I have so many fur coats to return. If that's for real, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, snap, girl. Is that some real fur? Is that real mink fur? Oh, girl. Uh yeah, that would be that would be something. But anyways, <laughs> you want to timestamp that that potty mouse? Snap? No. No, you said H E double hockey sticks. Balls. Okay. I don't know if that counts. Probably. I uh, probably not, but I'll put it anyway. The world may never know. But the point is, the next bit of news it gets me a little excited. So. Don't don't rain on my parade, guys. Okay, I'm just I'm trying to be excited about the new news about the ghost of Tsushima's huge map stuff. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Apparently, you know, there was a you know exclusive by uh, the creative director Nate Fox. He was with a recent interview with Foxel, and they were talking about you know how long it's going to take for you know to to people to complete this game realistically. Now, obviously, Nate, you know, he's like, yo, man, like. I think people are going to take more than 50 hours with the open world gameplay in this. And, you know, and he recommends that, you know, you probably should, like, get lost in the map because it's literally mainland Japan. It has everything from, like, the bamboo forests, you know, the snowy hills, right? Like, it's very it's, 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 it's very extensive. And I'm so excited that it's going to take longer than 50 hours. Me. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. But point yeah, is, I'm... oh, go ahead. Ah, oh, no, I like when I'm interrupted, Caden. <laughs> well, you just made a. <laughs> um. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy to play a game that's longer than fifty hours. Um, and it, from the little trailer I saw, of this game it looks really fun. Mm -hmm. My only issue is just the you know how they intend on making it fifty hours. Because so, I noticed in the article that it, it, it mentions that part of the thing that's supposed to make it you know, longer is the fact that there's no map markers besides yes. you know, landmarks that you can identify in the map. Yes, and that's Which, what the beauty of it is. There's well, no right, map but markers. I don't, you, can, you can just explore Japan like you, you're actually... Well, I mean, okay, maybe not I, exactly like you're visiting Japan, but you're like, oh, look, this is like the, the general area of southern Japan. Oh, look, this is how their bamboo forests might have well, looked right, like. Right, but, so, but they use... They, they are saying that they're using the fact that, they're, that they have no map markers as a way to force you to explore it more. 
which I disagree with because I think that game exploration should be, you know, the, by the choice of the gamer. And I think that trying to force someone to explore it, you know, more by not having map markers and forcing them to go off of, you know, landmarks that, you know, some people may not even know. They may not know what, you know, bamboo looks like because they've been living under a rock and never, you know, seen bamboo before. And that's can't why can't force we have someone to drink your tea. <laughs> I guess no, not. No, you can't. So, and, and, and I just, I'm worried that it's going to be more like padding than something like where The Witcher. The Witcher 3, for example. You could easily put 80 plus hours in that game. It's got a huge, sprawling open world map. Completely open world. With the exception of Novigrad. So, so here's my question then for you, Caden. If people like Nate Fox were listening to this podcast and the biggest suggestion that y- you would want is to make sure there's maybe like a toggle switch. Like, hey, if you want to do this option, like if you want to do it with that map bomb, or, you know, just put it in the option setting, right? I don't know how hard that is in terms of programming, you know, for your menu, but would, would that make you a little bit happier if you saw that in this game? I mean... Sure, I guess. I objective markers have always been a fun and map markers have always been a fundamental of these open world and just map systems in general mm-hmm. because they tell the player where to go. And there are gonna be people who are gonna I can assure you there gonna be people who are gonna try and play this game. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get lost. It's gonna be one of those, you know, where the heck do I go games, like which you'd have in the you know early eighties and nineties, where you'd Sit down, go play a game, and you have no idea what's going on or what to do. Or, you know, where to go in this case. So I'm I'm just worried that they're going to fall into that trap where they're going to release this thinking that's going to ex- encourage exploration. But instead, it deters people from trying to play the game because they're told to go one place and they have no clue where that place is. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I can see that respective view. All I'm saying is, is that... It's very it, for me. It's it just it's a change of pace, right? And don't get me wrong. Yes, maps and map markers, they they've been very essential in a lot of those open world games. But sometimes you need something a little bit different, something to shake things up a smidge, right? You know, and I like that. I like when th- when people shake things up in video games, right? It, but I think there's a better way to shake things up than to try and take away a quintessential part of an open world experience. Because while yes, there may be people who, you know will love to go through and spend 10 hours just sitting there running around the map finding things but there are going to be people who just want to play the game and they're not going to want to spend 12 hours running through trying to find where to go okay i can respect that (laughs) but maybe it'll be good i don't know we'll just have to see i know that's why i'm that's what's going to be a blast. But now we must get into the game review. View, 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 echo effect. That was the worst echo I've ever heard. I know. Yeah. I've only just been practicing. Zero so. out of ten. That's what? like podcast. Yeah. Not even That's a like one. To, to, to pull a term from smoking and drinking in space, that is podcast soil. Balls. Can't make, can't make anybody have it nowadays. <laughs> also, to quote Thaddeus, Rob is Thaddeus. Oh, Rob is Rob nice. is a doorknob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyways, moving on. So this week we played the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. 
I played Special Edition, but there's also regular edition out there. It was released originally November 11th, 2011, so it's a bit of an oldie, but a classic for many people who got into gaming around that time. It was developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It was released on PC for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. And it is considered an action RPG, and it is also open world. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> part of open world. It's bike. It's kind of like you know that Viking kind of feeling, right? Yeah, it's in the kind of you know, um, I'd say Bronze Age, but I don't know if that's completely accurate. Bronze Age of Vikings. Is it Bronze Age? I don't, I don't know. Remember. I'm not a history buff. I don't remember. I yeah. used to know it. But anyways, yeah. You know? um, yeah so the. What? <laughs> I, I asked if you if you knew the Bronze Age because I, I I've completely forgotten. Do you are you a history buff? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, then we can move forward now that I know we're both not history buffs. Yeah. So you you play as the you play as the Dragonborn, uh, assigned the quest to defeat Alduin, the World Eater, who is a dragon that is prophesized to destroy the world. If you could not tell by the title, what a jerkwad. Yeah, and as you as you go through the game, you collect shouts that you in, t- in turn are supposed to use to inevitably bring down Alduin and save the realm of Skyrim. You have no idea how hard it was to not change the words "world" and "eater" to something not appropriate. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas to y'all. Like you know how the world is made of crusts, and you know how another word for eater is muncher. Oh my god. I can't believe you put that together. We Kat. should probably cut that out. Listen, I, I didn't should. say anything. I did not say anything. It's very suggestive. It's, that's definitely explicit thinking. That is PG thirteen, my friends. Uh, my thing is is that Alduin he he travels from the past to come to the future, like yes. Uh, and he's like, Rob I want to destroy the world. Why can't I just be like, hey, can I get a taco? Can I get like some sheep? I don't know. Just like something. I've been stuck in time forever. Like Dr. I think Who. they had tacos in medieval Nordic ages, but okay. You never um, know. Yeah, Rob Rob from Sadist, if you're listening, one, you are not Sadist. And two, this game has time travel, so you should definitely check it out. I'm, I'm sure Rob has played this game. Oh, I'm sure he has. Very popular uh, game. Sure, everyone I mean, has. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's an oldie. It's one of the first RPGs I played. So I I say that I it's like the fourth RPG I ever played. Because I think this, the first one technically was a link to the past. This is the first um, RPG I ever played, and it's the one that got me into gaming. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's a classic RPG, and it's I mean you ask ninety percent of gamers out there what Skyrim is, and they'll merely think either Morrowind. Or Elder Scrolls. And a lot of the current generation game, or I say current generation, my generation gaming would point to Elder Scrolls because most of us didn't play Morrowind. I played Morrowind. I'm pretty ancient, Caden. I I had the original Morrowind on Xbox. It was pretty yeah. wicked awesome. So yeah, so I mean it's got a it, it's got a pretty decent character creator. Yeah, it does. it's nothing too expensive. I mean it was 2011, So I think I, th- I mean, character creators weren't really that in depth, just because I think the programming of it wasn't 
all there. Yeah, but it's still good nonetheless. It is pretty great, and you know, it, it gives you a pretty wide variety from like Wood Elf to Nord. And if you people start, you know, to play the game, it's just there's like more than I think a dozen races uh, that you get to play that give you specific either stats or bonuses. You know, later I don't on think in the there's game, quite that many. Not a lot. It's just a few. There's you know, like, like nine, hey, I think. resistance to poison, or hey, you know, this one can have uh, claws as uh you know as its first you know unmailed unarmed attack yeah. yeah unarmed attack basically right so it's just little things but you can use it to your advantage later on in the game like the uh khajiit race right they are able to see naturally in the dark so you don't need to have a torch you know so that makes it pretty easy if you're like going into dungeons you know uh he also very very stealthy kind of you know character class and it, it it goes into that specific type of gameplay. So that's that's where I can appreciate it in that point is that, you know, with the character creator, you could turn into a Nord and be like this, you know, warrior-esque bad A, right? Or you can be like stealthy like a thief all the way to like you're very adept at the magical arts as a high elf. And it, it, that, and it shows later on in the game. It makes it really nice. And I have to ask, what, what did you guys pick? When you Nord. Uh, uh, so this, yeah, so this is like my fifth playthrough of the game. Uh, okay. So for this, yeah, I just chose a, a standard Nord. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm, I've played as an orc before. I think I've done a Kashyyyk before for kind of a more assassin type character that I mm-hmm. made. Because at one point, I actually had a, a little character manager. So I could have just multiple different characters actually you know, at, at saves. Okay, well, I, 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 and I personally, I played the Khajiit, the Nord, the Argonian. That one's a very never touched the Argonians. Yeah, it's not the most. I don't. I, in my opinion, I don't think it's the most popular like character class to play. You're basically a giant lizard that can swim underwater. And God, what was the other skill set you got at the beginning of the game for that? I can't even remember. Probably poison resistance. And I bet I mean, it was just poison. Swimming resistance. in water really isn't that useful in the game because ninety percent of it's on land. And that's why I didn't really play the Khajiit was because the claws aren't useful because I'm never in on armor combat. The stealth is good. I like that. And then with natural being able to see well in the dark, the game doesn't really get that dark, especially considering there's a thing that's you know a brightness slider. Oh, I, guess like, I never touched the brightness on mine, and mine worked fine. Like I could see plenty well in the dark. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. It's it's the little details, right? Like how Nords, I believe they have, you know, frost resistance, right? And if you're facing against a frost dragon, you're you're eventually going to face a frost dragon. It just comes in handy, like that extra fifteen percent of frost resistance. I think didn't make I a mean, difference for me when I was playing. I mean, don't quote me, but, you know, it it, it gives you a, a little bit of a chunk. That little bit of, hey, ha-ha, frost dragons go, back off, son. I'm resistant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember all of the resist- resistances off the top of my head. But there's also a, um, there's also skill points you could spend. So every, I want to say every other time you level up, mm-hmm. you get skill points that you can put into, ver- or perk points, I should say, that you can put into various skill trees and every time you level up you get a stat upgrade there are three main stats being health magicka your magic stat and stamina they're very self-explanatory stamina is what you use to either cast spells or no sorry magic is what you use to cast spells <laughs> they're very self-explanatory but watch me get them wrong 
Right. Hey. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of other games like Dark Souls where, where in order to cast a spell, you have to expend both magic and then summon your stamina. Yeah, but I that's not the game we're playing. Up. Yeah, your, your melee combat is what uses your stamina. Magic uses your magic bar. Getting hit uses your health bar. Also sorry, running. I'm going to... I'm sorry. Oh, I'm running, yeah. Sprinting will use up your stamina bar. Mm-hmm. I, was about to, I was about to say, what would be a weird feature is that you have to get your stamina up. So you're just running throughout the entire game to build up your running just to do a spell. Eh, cardio, you never know. But you don't build up your stamina by you running. You don't build up your stamina. This isn't stamina. the forest. Well, I mean, if you ever... Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> Forget what I said. <laughs> Forget what I said. It's recorded. We can't. Uh, yeah, that is true. We it's are on the internet forever. It is. What did you guys was... think of the storyline? So, <sighs> some of the some of the side quests that you can find, or some of the you know side quest lines you can find, are actually you know kind of fun. I like the College of Winterhold or Winterhold's quest line. Uh, that's like the that, one you know. with the mages, right? It's yes. basically you're you're learning how to you know produce spells and get higher in your in your magical tree in your magical yes. tree set, right? Yes, okay. the Dark Brotherhood one's good. The Companions one is okay. It gets I I think if I remember correctly, it gets better as you you know about halfway through and on onward. But for the first kind of beginning part, it's a bunch of fetch quests. But the main quest, the main quest line, is boring. I don't like short. it at all. It it felt very short to me. It I is. I mean that that maybe that was just you know it was you you do enough side quests right and then you come back and all of a sudden not only is it extremely boring like with the plot line but it's also just wow I'm just beating the crap out of these droggers left and right with my hundred level destruction that I just it took me like weeks to get to and then you do the you finally complete the storyline and it's just it's kind of a disappointment. No, it, and you're right. It is short comparatively yeah, very, compared very. to how much extra content there is like i'm used to games like rpg games like the witcher for instance the witcher has plenty of stuff to do it's got plenty of side quests to go around and do and so on and so forth but the main quest line is also fairly long you know and it has you going to all three regions of the map and then some so you know you're i'd say it's about at least a 50 50 split you know for the witcher for this, it'd be hard for me to even say it's a 25-75 split for main quest compared to all the different side activities you got. I know. It's 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 sad. And it's and it's very it gets very involved in the side quests, much more than than the Yeah, main quest. I think they were I think they were banking on people running around exploring. And maybe not necessarily you know, maybe they were trying to do something where they were trying to, you know, sell tell people, you know, hey, the main quest, that's really just that's not really the main quest, even though you have to continue on with it to unlock particular things that you have to use throughout the game. But yeah, I don't know. If that was their goal, it just wasn't implemented well. Yeah. Agreed. So about the about the skill points um for for the game, you know. Uh, what what did you guys do? Like, cause I, I did a lot of mage battle mage, you know, where I'm super strong, but you know, I can wield a, a wicked destruction spell, but, but yeah, I'm so kind of curious. What, what, what did you guys do for that? So I've done just about every way you could, you know, you know, all the different trees I've done assassin, you know, a thiefy assassin. I've done a full on mage. I've done a sword mage you know, or sword, sword of magic battle hand. 
and then I've you know also done just a full two-handed brutish warrior mm-hmm. uh, in the past. This time I'm starting off as a warrior, and I'm currently doing the companion's quest uh, quest line. And then once I get through that, once I get to the point where I get kind of bored of being a warrior, I plan on going to the College of Winterhold to do that quest line, become a really powerful mage, go do the Dungard DLC so I can become a vampire and make my magic even better, continue on with that, and eventually hit, you know, become an assassin, do the Dark Brotherhood stuff, and at some point hit the um, dragon, the Dragonborn DLC. Nice. What about I... you, Cap? I play always as a warrior when I play games, typically, because that's just what I like to do. I like to kill things. Yeah, like, you know, like, do you like to use blunt weapons? Are, are you more like a hammer or are you I'm like either, dual wielding? Uh, dual wielding or one handed sword with magic in the other. Yeah, and that, that for me, that's more efficient. You know, hey, you know, I, I might be good at, you know, sword wielding but you know when you need something with a little bit of distance that you know that fireball really just nips him in the butt it gives you that little bit of je ne sais quoi yeah but i was also i'm also using a couple mods which you know we can go into what mods we got you know a little later on yeah let's do that um (laughs) (laughs) so much fun oh yes um, it it is yeah in, in terms of the graphics i mean again it's 2011 slash 2012 it's it's really can't really expect a whole lot. The game looks decent for what it is. The graphics are simple in my taste, you know, compared to today's standards. And some of the colors are really, you know, kind of almost depressing, sort of. There's they not are a very vibrant kind of, color pla- palette. They did fix it a little bit, though, in the uh, special edition. The game, it, it's a lot better in the special edition. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot clearer. Plus, you know, there's, you know, we were talking about mods earlier. There's some people, you know, there's some places where you, you can get really good looking graphics like 2k kind of graphics for mods right and granted it is a, you know a, a, an older game from 2011 but you also have to admit at the time it was pretty it was pretty good for an rpg and you can still you can still mess with everything and it's that's the pretty it's pretty glorious gotta love that that expectation when it comes to these types of rpgs where you're just like okay there's gotta be a mod where you know i can be king of skyrim or you know be able to make the graphics like super awesome there's even like weather change stuff right where you actually get afflicted you know with like the rain falling onto the screen it's really beautiful you should look into it but for the graphics at the time not that bad yeah um i personally don't like the music or the voice acting in this game with the exception of the main menu music the main menu music, yes. But the one thing that really annoys me, and I hear it every time now in my head, I took. I remember when I was a warrior until I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, my God. That It's just every time you're in your guard. Any town. Yeah, NPCs. Near any guard. Just, yeah. Not even the guard. Like, even, like, some, like, old, old guy NPCs. It's just, like, please. Like, I've heard, like, this... All across Skyrim, you don't. And it's like I took an arrow to the knee. It's like, damn you! And that's why it became a meme. Yeah, it, it has become a pretty good meme, actually. Doesn't it still carry throughout the years? No, uh, it's died off. It's died off. It's dead. What'd you think of the music, Cat? Meh. It wasn't the best. Got kind of annoying yeah. after a while. 
Yeah. I mean, it just for me, it didn't take away from the game at all, but it also wasn't really like, again, I know I sound like a broken record right now, but comparing it to the Witcher's music, I mean, the Witcher has a beautiful, gorgeous soundtrack. And I mean, just this one just kind of, I wouldn't say falls flat, but it just doesn't really do anything. It does it's fall flat kind of there. in comparison. I mean, yeah, in comparison, but you know, I mean, these games were only what a year apart, roughly. What the, the Witcher three and and Skyrim. This game, yeah. No, the Witcher three was released in twenty fifteen. I want to say. I yeah, think so it was twenty twelve. I know it no was twenty fifteen. Yeah, like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, much later. Oh, uh, oh, anyway. But yeah, it, it it it's the music. Really, the only good part of the music was letting you know when there's an enemy nearby. Right. That's about when it. you're being yeah. attacked or, you know, like, you know, hey, look, there's a dragon sequence. You might want to pay attention. Ta-da! It's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, the ambient music wasn't too bad. You know, that, that one I didn't mind too much. But a lot of times I got to the point where I just started kind of tuning the music out because, it just again, it didn't help kind of with the immersion at all. Agreed. So I'm curious, Austin. Mm-hmm. Did you mod this game? <laughs> I did a few mods. I, I made a list. I have to actually look at the list oh, of, no. of yeah, because like like one of them, tame the beasts of Skyrim, right? And basically, it's like using a, a special dragon shout where you shout it at at any creature that you're able to tame. You can turn it into like a DPS, a tank, or a magical support. And it, it basically becomes like a follower, right? That one I was like, yeah, boy, I'm going to master a wolf. Woo! Oh, it was wicked <laughs> awesome. Oh, it was, that was you know, uh, the marriage one. Oh, that one was really fun where you get to actually take your the seriousness of marriage in into the game, right? You can even like you know, don't like, people you know, do like this to escape a... their marriages? Huh. I only marry people in this game to get good, like to get good stuff and have someone keep my home clean. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why we're married in Stardew Valley? Oh, yes. the relationship. Because you go mine for me while I actually do the work. I like killing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, Austin, did you play this game on PC or did you play it on console? I played it on the PC. Okay. Because from what I understand, I believe the only way you can mod this game on console is to go through Bethesda's mod workshop. Yeah. It's similar to Steam Workshop if you've ever used it. You know, for the listeners who've ever played both console and PC. And I also got to teach Kat how to mod stuff and get all of her stuff set up. Oh, how so, cute. How, was... did that, how did that go? What, what mod did you pick, Kat? Oh. She picked a handful. Yeah, oh. we had a hard time getting it figured out, and some of them didn't work. Um, yeah, there was some. Yeah, for for anyone who's, I I didn't mean to cut you off, Cat. I apologize. No, I was just gonna but, say I don't remember what mods I used because I just used all the same ones you did. Yeah. So yeah. So for <laughs> anyone who's wanting to use Vortex mods, make sure that they're actual mods, and make sure to read the the description because they usually tell you if this is supposed to be a plugin that you just throw in the data folder or if this is something you can actually use through Vortex, then make sure when you have everything enabled and whatnot, hit Deploy. Deploy Mods. It's, you go to the Mods tab and hit Deploy Mods. And then it should work perfectly fine. 
the mods Should, I but... had, you know, yeah, the mods I got was immersive citizens, so it makes all the sins exact normal, you know, more normal than it would. So like when it's raining, everyone usually stays indoors. When someone's fighting, you know, the, the civilians will actually start kind of running away and hiding indoors. There's the unofficial special edition patch, which I figure is necessary because at its core, the Bethesda engine and this game are a buggy, buggy mess. If you've ever seen gameplay of Fallout 76, you'll know because they basically were trying to patch that while also giving it multiplayer. And it didn't work at all. Um, I have the Apocalypse spell mod. It basically adds a lot more spells to the game. I have immersive armors and weapons, which just adds more armors and weapons sets to the game. I have a quality war map, which just makes the actual map look better and helps me navigate. And the one that I really liked was Ordinator, which is a perk overhaul mod. It added, or basically it overhauled the original perk system and put in one that has, I think, a total 410 different perks that you can get. As opposed to... Across all the trees. As opposed to, like, what, 50, I think, oh. is what the original has. Something mm. like that. Mm, okay. So can we talk oh, about you... commands next? Yes. Yeah, so Caden also <laughs> taught me how to command, use commands in, in Skyrim. So, yeah, so for, for PC players, uh, if you press the tilde key, if you have no clue what tilde is, it's the key to the left of your one key that number one and to the top or above your tab key that little, that little key right there is the tilde key you press that you'll get a, a you'll, everything on your game will stop you'll get this you know kind of translucent black screen and yeah you'll get a uh greater than or a less than symbol greater than symbol which display or which is a command display it's a command prompt like austin said um and through this you can insert what are known as console commands these are commands that are typically used by the developers when they're testing. Uh, and Bethesda has always just kind of left it in their games. Some of the ones I know off the top of my head, if you want to add, give yourself a particular item, you can do item space, the item's ID, space, the number of that item. You can adjust different variables in the game. So set dot or set a or player dot set a V space. Uh, like if you want to increase your carry weight to 9,000, you oh. put in carry weight space 9,000, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. You can also enter God mode, which Kat had a lot of fun with after she'd already set her stats to 900 or 9,999. No, uh, I set them to 999 million. Oh, that's right. So basically, and then just like after screwing around with that for so long, Caden tells me about God mode. I'm like, what is God mode? Yeah. Basically everything I was trying to do already. Yeah, if you just enter TGM and press enter, you're invulnerable. I don't think you ever run out of ammo or stamina or magic. Um, so this playthrough, I, I decided to just go around killing literally everything. Screw the storyline. Yeah, and she was... And, and to quote her as I was listening to her play this... Aw, you can't kill children. I'm sad now. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a quote. Oh, I said I didn't want to leave them orphaned. 
Oh, you're, you you're make such me a sound good like person. such a bad person. Jesus. <laughs> Just don't care the children. Everyone else is fair uh, game. Oh, wow. Do you want me to cut that out? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it up to Arturo. Arturo, when you listen to this, you can decide whether that should be cut out. Mmm, God. Funny stuff, though. But no, the mods are, are amazing. There's even a mod for you I know. I want to start a divorce. Say what? Said I want to start a divorce. Start a divorce. <laughs> Sorry, I refuse to sign the papers. He, she shall get half of the property owings, Mr. Caden. Unfortunately, you get nothing. Depends on the state. Telling your dad. Well, she's in Canada. That's a complete <laughs> different law system there. I don't know how that works. You're going to lose half of everything, son. But um, <laughs> no, I was I was just going to ask, Caden, ha- have you seen the Open Cities uh, mod that that that's for the game? It's so that the load time when you're going uh, in between like the city versus the outside of the city, there's actually a seamless uh, movement. So you don't have to wait for the load screen time. It just allows you to go ro- walk right in and walk right out. I just well, want to so sure. I, I, I imagine what it's doing is it's instead of you interact with the with the doorway and then that loading screen is it rendering the actual inside and getting you set into that. And then you know, so what I'm assuming is happening is it's rendering the entire map as yeah, you load into the game initially. And so you can basically ride into town on horseback or fly a dragon into the you know the city square, right? I just wanted to make sure you knew about it in case you pull wanted up, to to have some pull fun up with Daenerys that. Targaryen and burn the city down with your dragon. Heck yeah, I'm spoiler like, alert for anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones. <gasps> you just spoiled it for me, Caden. You monster. Oh no, Arya dies on season two. Oh what? <laughs> I'm only on season two. You you monsters. How dare you ruin Game of Thrones for me Also, Jon Snow dies. Because <laughs> he knew nothing. You're killing me, Snowden. You're killing me here. Snowden? Snowden? You're killing me, Snowden. That's the one I checked. I did live in Russia. Then go live in Mother Russia. I don't know. I'm just saying names because I'm incredibly tired. Yeah, if you haven't played this... Or you've been living under a rock. There's three DLCs that were released. There's the Dunkard DNC, where you join a band of vampire hunters to go hunt the vampire lord to stop him from turning Skyrim into a land of darkness and vampires. Blah, blah, blah. There's the Dragonborn DLC, which from what I've played, you basically head to a, a kind of a land a bit outside of Tamriel to deal with a Dragonborn cult who is claiming to be the true Dragonborn and deal with them. And they, they basically claim he is a false prophet almost. Uh, then there's the Hearthfire DLC, which I really liked, and is actually kind of what got me super into the console, like console commands to the point where I actually started memorizing certain item IDs. Well, because uh, it allows you to build your house, you hmm. can once you're a thane of uh, one of the particular cities, you can go and actually build, you know, buy property from that town and then start building your house. You have a multitude of options to choose from in terms of if you want a library, or if you want a wizard, a, ma- a mage tower, or if you want an armory, or if you want a kitchen, so on and so forth. So uh, if you're a specific thing in a city, have you done that yet? Have you done the DLC and picked a particular city? Like for me, I'd be yes. like the Reach, right? So yeah, my my personal favorite is Falconrath. Falconrath? Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of cozy. It's like a little yeah, woody area. Yeah, because I, I love I love that 
woody that woodsy landscape. I know several people have chosen Riv uh Riven, I wanna say is the town name. Riften. Riften, that's it. Riften. Yeah, the uh, the no, Riven's a Regal a League of Legends character. Yeah. They, you're you're off track there, Caden. You got you gotta pull back, pull back on this time. What what about you, Kat? Uh, during your exploration, if you had to pick a place where you could put down a house, where where would you pick? Texas. Okay, Let's, we're talking <laughs> no, about don't. the sky. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to be in Texas. It's hot. Oh my oh. exes live in Texas. I'm sorry that that came popped up. All Ooh. right, final thoughts. <laughs> we'll start with Austin. Ah, uh, okay, so. In terms of this game, it is an oldie but a goodie. There's you know, there's no way you can't have fun with this, and you know it's it's something that you can just pick up. You know it's everywhere. It's been around forever. You can modify anything you want, and you can do almost whatever you want, especially in the video game, as long as you have the stats. Which now I I get to cheat thanks to Caden. Thank you, Caden. Now I can get level 10,000 and just watch his droggers just fly off with one arrow. Pew! Yeah. Just Google Skyrim console commands. They're all there, and it doesn't change be- between editions. So, but Enjoy. besides... <laughs> but besides that, right? You know, it, it's got plenty of side quests. The main storyline sucked. I wish it was a little bit longer or maybe, you know, a bit more plot twisty. I, I don't know, but it, it needed it needed to be better. But the side quests make up for that fact, you know, and building up your stats, getting everything done, and, you know, a lot with the, in regards to the combat. Now, yes, the game is, is, is pretty buggy when you first get it. If you, do, if you try to do too many things or you, you're, you're running in a specific area and it, it happens, it's happened to me like three times. Right, and it, it it can it can get pretty distracting, but again, mods can get this fixed. They can get it all fixed up now. With the modding, you can do anything, guys. You can become the king and order people to be enslaved or be hung, or you know you can get amazing graphics where you know you can control the weather and you know get actual patterns, or even doing something like the forest, right, where you know actual hydration and hunger. Uh, act as a factor in this game it's just really great that they that you're able to add that and i and you know i'm gonna try to find some dialogue mods because the the arrow to the knee thing i'm sorry super annoying it it just it's like okay i've heard you for the past million friggin' times i've come to every friggin' city or guard or old man but it's still a good game it's still got plenty of combat capabilities you know, I really like it. Eight out of ten. You you can't do anything better. Or maybe you know you could, but you know, guess With what? With an eight out of ten, that literally means you could do something better. <laughs> I guess so. I'm just yeah, a tired. Ten out of ten. A ten so, out of ten would be perfect. You can't I'm do anything so tired. Better. That's perfection. <laughs> I, I okay. So I'll take that back. Basically, for a 2011 game, it's. It's well worth the purchase. Uh, How about you, Caden? Let's see your final thoughts. So, yeah, playing through this again, you know, brought back a lot of memories of when I initially played it and really had a lot of fun with it. I enjoy the forging and enchanting and alchemy 
you know, mechanics. It's not too complicated, but it's also not super simple. It's just that right balance that it still feels like, you know, I'm actually trying to gather and, you know, go and gather the required materials to make them, but it still feels like a game. The The combat is basic, but it's it's got its fun moments in its own right. I mean, it's 2011. You can't really expect something extremely, you know, but thought through. Something extremely complicated in terms of the combat system. Uh, the the graphics are fairly simple compared to today's standards, but were actually pretty pretty good at the time. And and considering they were still using their old Bethesda engine or their their old engine, uh, uh, maybe maybe Unreal Three at the time when they were was the engine they were using for this. I'll have to look that up later. But overall, between you know, with some of the complaints I have being how buggy it is, how the main quest line is boring, how it, it can, you know, and beyond the main quest, some of the side quests or some of the guilds quest lines are kind of hit or miss. I can't, I can't really in good conscience give this more than a 7 out of 10. But, I mean, that's still pretty good compared to some of the other games we've reviewed. <coughs> or in the Will of the Wisps. <coughs> Bleeding Edge. I agree with you on Bleeding Edge. <laughs> well, what did you think of this game, Kat? Skyrim's a classic. Like I said before, it's it's the game that kind of got me into gaming. And for that reason, it always kind of have a special place in my heart. Um, I like the storyline to an extent. So I feel like they could have done a lot more with it. And it kind of left you disappointed by how they finished it. And there were some aspects to it that were very disappointing at like what as hap- they were happening as well. But I... I do like the story they told. I just wish there was more of it. So I agree with you guys, kind of. Okay. Um, I love the character customization. I love that aspect of any game. And I love the endless amount of side quests, just like I do with The Witcher 3. And thanks to Caden, I get to love this game all over again with all the mods. Woohoo! A lot of fun. So oh, for all yeah. those reasons, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yay! <laughs> Look at that. Well, I'm glad you had fun with the mods. I did. Because that was slightly annoying to get that to, to figure out what was going on. I like playing God. <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> well, that's not the mods. That's just Kyle's commands and your, you know, ego. Dude, you should totally do that as, like, your, your main character name. Just, like, make yourself an Argonian and be like, I am the new god of this Skyrim. Praise your lizard lord. Praise no, your lizard I have lord. to make my character pretty. Well, if you do play an Argonia, make sure to name yourself Mark Zuckerberg. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me how to oh. play my game. All right. Uh... Anyways, uh, so next week we will be reviewing Amazon's up and coming PvP shooter Crucible. It just recently came out, and it. Well, I've from the couple of reviews I've seen on it initially, and I know I shouldn't be looking at those, but. I was curious. It looked like some people were comparing it to you know, Battleborn and Bleeding Edge. And Battleborn was a big flop and Bleeding Edge. Oh, well, you heard is... our review on that. So I'm optimistic. You know, that may just be one salty person who was super upset and wanted to compare it to other dying MOBAs. Well, we'll have to see because if, it, if they compare it to that, I'm like, get ready to rumble and rip into this thing. 
And Kat, I think this may be a third-person shooter, so you may actually enjoy it more than a first-person shooter. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. We'll have to see. But yeah, so if you'd like to come hang out with us or leave us your feedback, you can join the Creative Brand Candy Discord. Just go to our website at badgamersanonymous.com and click the link in the top right corner. We also got merch, y'all. So if y'all want to go and get yourself some BGA gear, some gamer gear, go to creativebrandcandy.com and click on the link in the top right corner that says merch with an exclamation point. And from all of us here at Bad Gamers Anonymous, myself, Kat, and Austin, we're signing off. Thank you for listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Follow Bad Gamers Anonymous on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bad Gamers Anonymous podcast, on Instagram at Bad Gamers Anonymous, and on Twitter at, at Bad Gamers Anon. You can contact Bad Gamers Anonymous by emailing badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Bad Gamers Anonymous is hosted by Kat and Austin, edited by Arturo Garcia, and produced by Jason Mixon and James Geem. <laughs>